The reading this morning can be found on page seven of the Church Bibles. It's from the book Genesis, chapter four, starting at verse 19. The way we are. Lamech married two women, one named Ada and the other Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all who play the harp and flute. Zillah also had a son, Tubal Cain, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. Tubal Cain's sister was Nama. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77 times. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for this um, little reminder in your word about who we are and what we are like. And I ask that you help us this morning see ourselves and to see you. Amen. It's one of those, just as Tim was reading that, I was thinking, what's the preacher going to make of this? <laughs> and then I thought, oh no, it's me. <laughs> well, let's see how we go. Let's see how we go. So um, uh, earlier this week, uh, I snuck out to the golf range at Chittister Golf Club, the one just down at um, Munden. And I was going to try out a club that's quite tricky to use, or at least I'd heard it was. It's called a hybrid, and it's kind of there for those people who are a bit shorter in stature, maybe, and struggle with some of the two, three, four irons, where they're really difficult, you have to get on top of those. I'm not very good at those. So I took this hybrid down to Chichester Golf Club, and I went quite early because it was quiet, and I was the only one there. And so all of the little huffing and puffing that goes on when it doesn't go right wasn't observed by anybody. And because it's a tricky club to use, um, not all of the shots went that straight 180 yards that you're looking for. Some of them had some very interesting shapes, some low, some sort of tortoisey, you know, and sort of running along uh, the, the ground, but one or two did. And then I thought I got really enthusiastic about it, so I really went for it. Boy, did that one banana. It wasn't a slice, it just went over there. Who, who lives just, a, if Glebe House would be in danger if I hit it from here. And I thought, that's all right, nobody saw that. It went out of bounds. It went not just like to the right, it went over the fence, probably into the road. And I thought, that's a relief, there's nobody here. And they've got this technology down at Chichester Golf Club. And this little sign came up saying, if you do that again, we'll contact the staff. 
There's a little sign saying, right at the bottom, that ball was out of bounds. If that happens again, we'll call somebody. And the little computer is now telling me what to do. And in fact, it wouldn't do anything else until I pressed the button on the screen that said, okay, I'll be more careful. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so there I am trying to think, oh, right, now, and then I became very, you know, very sober. And it's interesting, isn't it? That there are these things that without the mechanism to sort of just watch what we're doing, what do we actually become like? And, and Lamech's story is a bit like that. Lamech's story is kind of in there to remind us of that sort of thing. On the face of it, it presents somebody who is advancing God's great creative instruction to change the world, to bring God's blessing to the world. And we see that Lamech is the great, 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 great grandson of Cain. Now, we probably remember the history that the, you know, Cain wasn't a great person, and we need to remember that uh, because of what he did. But we also need to remember what God did with Cain to help us understand a little bit about what Lamech is like and what we can be like. Lamech appears, on the face of it, to be advancing this creation mandate. He is being creative in his family. His sons have brought new agricultural methods, new arts, and new technology into the community. And if you're interested in kind of paleontology and archaeology and that sort of stuff, this is a really interesting time. You know, and they're part of it. In fact, the name, you know, if they've got the name Baal at the end, it indicates that they are the lords of this. They're the masters of these crafts. So they're really at the forefront, changing the world. You see, there's evidence, you know, that nomadic livestock keeping um, can allow you to manage larger herds than trying to ranch them on a, farm, a farmstead. If you've got enough herdsmen, you can sort of take the cattle over a wider area rather than trying to constantly bring them food. In Jabal's innovation is to bring greater productivity into farming and agriculture. And the other sons, Jubal and Tubal-Cain, bring other things, music, the arts, they develop that, and they develop engineering. Jubal's name, the one who, in, who creates uh, the flute and the, uh, and, and the um, harp, his name means celebrate, lord of celebration. His, his, root, his name shares the same root for jubilee, which is a great celebration in Hebrew history. So it's a really interesting. His skills, his abilities are going to enhance people's lives. They're going to make them more joyful, or they should do. And then, of course, we've got Tubal Cain, who's in, developed this, this technology. He's into metalwork and forging. And this is really significant because these are big steps. And, and the development of metalwork in the ancient Near East was really quite uneven, as, it, you know, as, as technology is uneven today. If you looked forward to the story of Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 6, there's some Israelite woodsmen chopping wood, and an axe head falls off the axe shaft into some water. You know, it's the strangest story, and a floating axe head. Elisha prays, and it comes back up. But part of the significance of that story is the value of the axe head. It would be like having to buy a fine spare change for a Tesla to us. 
because the axe head was so valuable to the Israelites because all of the other nations kept them away from technology. The Philistines, who were very technological, kind of kept, priced, tried to price Israel out of the market. So there's this enormous valuable stuff going on under Lamech's household. And you get excited, isn't it? Because we all benefit and inherit those things today. We, we've got people driving technology to make this happen, make it more accessible. We've got music that enhances our worship today, haven't we? We've got a celebration going on. And we've all, we'll be sharing food uh, later. You know, all of those things have come to us. We're inheritors of that. Even if we can feel remote from them, we don't farm, we don't play an instrument or or what have you. But there's, evidence, you know, there's proof, isn't there, in the Bible that, that good animal husbandry is noted and celebrated. Good craftsmanship is celebrated. Think about the, uh, the craftsmen who decorated the temple. You know, they, they were celebrated, and music is, of course, we've just read from the Psalms. It's all there for our good. It's all there to enable us, if we wish to, to honour God. It's possible to have all of these gifts and use them for his glory. And that's a good thing, isn't it? But what we also see in Lamech is this self-destructive nature that we also all have. Let's do the two particular things to notice. Um, if you turn to uh, page 7, verse 19 of chapter 4, Lamech, it starts off badly, doesn't it? Lamech married two women. There you go. There's your starter. Lamech married two women. Doing that is an instant departure from God's marriage command just three chapters earlier. Chapter 1, uh, one, verse 24. Who's going to get there before me? Sorry, not 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. So that's, that's, there's God's command, isn't it, about marriage. Uh, sorry, that's 2.24. Um, so there's, there's Lamech has instantly left those two things aside. He just said, no, well, there is this command, but I'm gonna, I've forgotten about that. I'm going to go and do this other thing. And just as his son's names give us a little bit of clue about what they were like, being lords of these things, his, Lamech's wives' names give us a little bit of a clue about what Lamech is like. Ada, Ada, her name means ornament, beautiful thing. And we imagine Lamech's, uh, what's a Lamech's values there? And Zilla, well, sadly, comes from the verb to seduce. So I'm pretty sure there's a way in which we can work out what Lamech's attitude to women uh, was like. I'll leave that for you to work out. But he has exchanged God's pattern of marriage for one that suits him. Okay? That's, that, that's the first big step, isn't it? In Matthew, uh, later on in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus is asked about marriage, and he said, at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female and, set and re reiterated God's command. A man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And he said it was not like this in the beginning. 
all this confusion and all of this competitiveness and all of this lusting after one another. But Lamech is the beginning of that departure from God's teaching. And he's only a few generations away from Cain and Abel, isn't he? He's not so far away from it that he couldn't remember. There's this adage, isn't there, this idea that, you know, um, our children understand what our faith is about but might not share it. Their children might not even know what our faith is about and share it because, as a rule, our generation looks to our fathers and our, grand- our, mother- our fathers and mothers and doesn't necessarily grasp it. It's often seen as something that was done by the older generation and not amongst the new. And that sort of is an interesting picture, isn't it, of our culture. We've pursued so many things, but we forget. We forget where God fits into it all. The second example of that is that Lamech assumes this justice of his own, this incredibly disproportionate retaliation against a young man, perhaps even a a youth. The, The Hebrew is yeled, which means, could mean boy. Lamech has been vicious in his disproportionate retaliation uh, for what somebody has done for him. Perhaps they've slighted him, perhaps they've bumped into him, whatever. They've wounded him. And Lamech's response has just been over the top. And it's ironic, isn't it, that he, he, he quotes uh, Cain, doesn't he? If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech 77 times. It is far more terrible to offend me. And he's misunderstood uh, God's treatment of Cain because his arrogance and his pride, bolstered by the success of his children, are encouraging him to just lord it over everyone around him. He thinks he's untouchable, he's above reproach, and he's above everybody else. And he's punished people, he's punished somebody, and not only does he it's disproportionate, but he boasts about it. He boasts about his dealing with somebody. It's the most terrible thing he said he could do. You know, this I am I am above all of these things. And it's frightening, isn't it? It's frightening. So think back to this golf range, you know? Nobody's watching you and what are you like. Or go out of the church tomorrow morning. Nobody's watching you. What are you like? Or in your office or in the shop or at home. Nobody's watching you. What are we like? Because I think that's the kind of step change that Lamech has. He, he separates himself. He disconnects himself from the heritage, that, from the teaching that he's received. Because the irony is, God has been incredibly merciful to Cain. Cain pleaded for God's mercy. Lamech uses Cain as an excuse to be even more violent. These are terrible things. I will will make sure they don't happen again. Look at me. I'm more powerful than God. So Lamech seems to separate himself from what he knows. He forgets. He's exchanged or he's confused about the success he's made of himself 
and what is going to happen, where he gets it from. And I think this is, therefore, this little story reminds us about our accountability. Our accountability to one another, our accountability to God. Because he's walking the earth as though God wasn't part of it. He's doing his own thing. And I was really struck by what um, Peter Marsden said last week in particular uh, about his work with Concordis. He said, you know, when you're in the world and something's really messy, you appeal to something about the image of God in them. You appeal and you call them out on it. Because if they say that it's important to protect the people, then protect the people. If, as Christians, we say it's important to represent God, then represent God. Lamech was, was, was made in God's image. He's supposed to take that creation mandate, mandate and make the world a more interesting and beautiful place. But he, he doesn't do it on God's terms. He doesn't represent anything of God in doing so. It's about... Lamech failing to recognize the image of God in him and that that has consequences, that has bearing on how we do things. So I wonder, you know, how we feel about that. Paul, as we go out into the world, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, which is a pretty similar kind of culture to us even now. And he wrote to the church in Corinth that they were, he was quoting them and they were saying, I have the right to do anything. And Paul says, but not everything is good for you. And they said, "Um, I can do what I like. And Paul says, yeah, you can. But you you mustn't be mastered by these things. We should remember that Cain was warned, sin crouches at your door and seeks to master you. So we have this, this, we've got this thing to kind of deal with, haven't we? While we're here... We're all very good and kind, gentle and lovely. And hopefully we are when we're out there. But that, that's enhanced or that happens when we remember that God is with us. It's important, isn't it? What am I like when nobody's watching? What am I like left to my own devices? What am I like when I'm with non-Christians? What, do those, what difference does the gospel make to me? Well, if we want to be Christ-like, there's a couple of really helpful things, isn't there? First of all, we're trying to model ourselves on Christ, who not only reminded us of the creation ordinance about marriage, but also overturns this attitude of Lamech. When Peter says, how often should I forgive my brother? Jesus says, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven that the grace of God needs to flow out of who we are because it flowed out of God for Cain. It didn't make it to Lamech. But Christ has spent himself for us so that we might be representatives of him. We read also in Hebrews chapter 10 that the Holy Spirit tells us, this is the covenant I will make with the people. I will put my laws in their hearts. I will write them on, my mind, on their minds. We have the Spirit to help us and guide us so that 
as we are now is how we can be tomorrow and Wednesday and Friday and whatever else we're doing. He goes with us wherever we are. And he is in our heart and mind, the places which sometimes most need to be redeemed and helped. But it was also a practical thing, isn't there? And we'll talk about it a little bit later. Carol and John are going to say a few words. How are we going to remain accountable to one another? How are we going to walk together, bear one another's burdens, pray together? Uh, How are we going to support one another in our walk with Christ? And so I'd encourage you to think about that. If you're not in a home group, if you're not praying with somebody, if you're not meeting with somebody, then please think about what could, be, what could I do to help me engage with the world and remember the things of God while I'm out in the world? It's always useful. On Friday, I met with my wise old man. We should, everybody should have a wise old saint that they listen to. And his first question, how are things going? And it's really good, isn't it, to, to be able to talk about your Christian life with somebody who's just willing to listen and say, yeah, that, how is it going? How's that working out for you? you know, what could you have done differently? What will you do next? It's really helpful in a non-judgmental, gracious way. Somebody did help me, or help anyone, walk in the way that God has called us to walk. Walk before him and be holy. So I hope that when we look at this story of Lamech, we remind it that he was a man who thought he was of great account, but was not prepared to be accountable to God. And we need to be mindful of that. Some of the things we do and say are things for which we ought to give account, because we know what we're like. Shall we pray? This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. And then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Father, we thank you for the grace shown to us in Jesus Christ. We pray that his presence would be with us by your Holy Spirit wherever we go that we would be reminded of the great um, and awesome privilege it is to know you and be your representatives, and that we would enjoy walking your ways. Help us as we look ahead to this week, prepare our hearts to be vessels of your, your love and grace towards the people around us. Amen.